Welcome, fasting fitness friends. This podcast will be about sharing information and stories on fasting and fitness. Bill is a martial arts instructor, business owner, husband, and father. Lisa is a retired music educator, an ultra runner, singer, dancer, wife, and mom. We have both lost weight and found a healthier lifestyle combining intermittent fasting and fitness activities. We hope you'll join us as we share content that can help both mental and physical wellness. Please remember the information presented here is not to be taken as medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Thank you for listening. Hello, Fasted Fitness Lifestyle Community and podcast listeners. Bill here. This week, I have the pleasure of interviewing Eddie Friedman. Eddie is a lawyer from New York, and this week's episode, you'll notice, has a different flow to it. I really just wanted to sit and talk with, it, with him naturally. I love his passion for and love of life. Please enjoy this episode where Eddie shares about his childhood, how his parents' lives as Holocaust survivors impacted him, and so much more. Thank you. Good morning, Eddie. How are you today? I'm doing well, Bill. Thank you so much. How are you? Good. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm doing well as well. Uh, just getting in, getting set up for some karate classes this morning. So uh, that's why, it, you know, I know people listening to this later on uh, won't be able to see the image, but I've got some plaques and belts and stuff on the wall behind me. Uh, but that's where I'm at today. It looks like you're in your office this morning. Are you working today? I'm doing a little bit of work. Uh, it's pretty quiet here on a Saturday morning. Uh, by the way, for those who can't see, it's some really beautiful certificates and belt belts uh, behind Bill. Very. Thank you. Um, so Eddie, we're going to chat this morning about uh, fasting, fitness, and lifestyle, and kind of how all that intertwines into itself. I know you've been on a few other podcasts uh, before ours today, and uh, you know the main difference between some of the other podcasts you've been on and this one is that we really like to talk about fitness and how fasting and fitness work together and, and lifestyle and how how fasting kind of overflows beyond just, just what we eat and when we eat and uh, how it affects everything uh, in other parts of our lives. So uh, I, I know you've told your story before, but if you wouldn't mind, just kind of uh, let our listeners know a little bit about your background, um, you know, how you found, how you started fasting. I know that started early in your life. Uh, and I'll kind of let you take over there. And uh, like I said, just give us a little, a little bit of background for you. Sure. Th thanks so much, Bill. And, you know, before I begin your podcast, uh, I miss having Lisa here. Uh, I have great respect and admiration for both of you in the IF community, in the fitness community, and now in this new IF-fitness community. So it's really great to be here. Uh, thinking about what we'd be talking about today. You know, it's interesting when we look back at our unfolded, the story-like aspects 
of how we got to where we are. Uh, the themes, the, the circumstances, you know, what we perceive as coincidences, but a sort of commonality between a fasting lifestyle and a fitness lifestyle for me is uh, that they both directly and indirectly the kind of, of the Jewish faith. And um, in Judaism, as I believe in all the major religions, uh, there are ritual fasting periods. Uh, and I was first exposed to the idea of fasting. Uh, there are a number of fast days throughout the year. The most well-known is called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, uh, a day when we want a new spiritual look at ourselves, our conduct, how we've been, how we hope to be in the future. And we do that in a fasted state. Uh, I was exposed to that really before I can remember. You know, I just grew up being aware that that was something that we do. But none of that really had a health perspective. It was purely a faith-based to the idea of fasting as a child into my teens. But when I got into my later teens, I began to notice how I felt on fast days. And I kind of liked the way it made me feel and I noticed certain things about it. To move from that for a moment to the sort of uh, fitness aspect, these were Holocaust survivors, uh, which it would be a tremendous understatement to say that had a very significant influence on my life. But it was very important to them that I be educated in the Jewish faith. And as it turned out, where we lived, you know, these old jokes that when I was a kid, I walked 12 miles to school every day, yeah. you know, barefoot in the snow. Oh, up. My parents wanted me to go to a parochial school. Uh, for those who may be familiar with the term, it's called a yeshiva. But it's, it's a Jewish parochial school. And the nearest one of the type they wanted me to attend literally was somewhere between 10 and 12 miles away. And for about five years, uh, I was in a situation where I was the only kid coming from my, I was outside the limit where a school bus would be provided. So I, I had to take public transportation. And it was a really roundabout. It took me a long time to get there and get home every day. And I, I traveled alone. And at the time, I really didn't want to go. I was very resistant to it. I liked the school itself. When I got upset with my parents, because, you know, I, I didn't have friends where we lived. 
and I was too far away to ha have after school friendships with kids where I was going to school. So for those five years, I spent a lot of time alone, uh, just going to school and back. It was about a close to an hour each way, each day, and sometimes an hour and a half. Happening was there were days where if I missed a bus, it could even be two hours. And what I sort of discovered at a certain point was I have nothing to do but wait for this bus. So I started walking the bus route you know, walking in the direction that when the bus came, I would see it, but I made a little game for myself. Like, fuck, you know, by the time the bus comes and I made a game like, can I walk further? And even though I didn't realize a lot of these things as a child, the walking itself was very soothing for me. It was a way to take my sort of bad feelings and depression and by putting it in, by putting the emotion into motion, I was moving that, I put a positive on it. Like I would feel like, wow, I walked two miles. Wow, I walked three miles and I didn't realize till decades later that that was sort of the seed for me really enjoying movement. And I've been fascinated for the longest time and all, all these things dovetail to me. There are two sides to the coin, but it's all the same coin. You can't, you know, it's like they say, um, you know, if, if you take a nickel, you know, there's two sides to it, but if, if you cut it in half, it's not worth a nickel. It's like everything dovetails, everything sort of has a synergy. So, you know, I discovered I enjoy moving and it does these beneficial things for me. And I, I was just old, but as time went on, I got more and more interested. And uh, it was also at around that age that I was exposed to martial arts. Um, and I really wanted to train. Um, my parents owned a store. Uh, we would call it a dry goods state store or a candy newspaper store and um, you know it's funny so many ethnic groups have come through New York from other parts of the world and they've gravitated towards certain fields of certain industries for example anyone who lives in New York knows that like Korean women seem to have a monopoly on, on uh, Manigou. When I was a kid, every barbershop was like an, an Italian guy. Nowadays, 
there's a ton of like Russian immigrants. And, um, you know, so also when I was, so my parents were immigrants from Eastern Europe. And it seemed that at that time, a lot of that group had these candy stores, luncheonettes. So my parents had that kind of store and we lived on top of the store. So there was a karate dojo. And I would walk around the neighborhood and I would go watch the dojo. And I so wanted to train in that dojo. And at one point they had some kind of program where you could train like for free for like two weeks. And I did it and I, I, I so wanted to continue. And unfortunately, and, and you know, as I said, my parents were Holocaust survivors. They were hard to support our family. And, you know, they didn't really, you know, to them, the idea of exercise or, you know, working out for leisure or for recreation or for self-development I think that was a very foreign notion, you know? And I, I remember urging my mother to like, please let me continue to, you know, God bless her in a million ways. But she was sort of like mystified, like, why would I be interested? She said, you know, we have our own culture. Why, why are you interested in this Japanese culture? And, I hate to even say this, you know, one of the blessings of living a long life as I get older is to see the changes that just unfold over time. And, you know, in the 60s, for lack of a better term, of anti-Japanese sentiment left over from World War II in a way that it's gone now, I, I believe. You know, because that greatest generation, you know, that you know, you really saw these people that had this, uh, you know, they attacked us at Pearl Harbor and uh, they did these atrocities and made in Japan. Ha ha ha. That means it's a cheap imitation. That's gone. But I, I as a child, I wasn't able to stay with the martial arts training. But I never lost the fascination for it. And, you know, then years went by. I was really influenced by the television program Kung Fu years later. With, uh, and David then as Carradine. a teenager, I came back, David Carradine. I love that show. And I came back to train uh, Sensei at that same dojo. And then I trained there for, from about 15 till intermittently, 15 to about 25. At the same time, the running boom was exploding. You know, Frank Shorter won the marathon in the Olympics. I think it was 76, might've been 72, excuse me. Uh, you know, the whole running boom with Jim, and all these great, George Sheehan, great running philosopher, 
you know, the whole thing that's spoofed on in the movie Forrest Gump, you know, I feel like I was one of those people in the back of the pack following him because for some reason at about age 16, I became fascinated with the idea of long distance running. And we, at that point, my, my dad had passed Lee hard to keep running the store. She was able to move our family to a house and we lived about half a mile from a high school track. And I remember in 1976, walking to the track and jogging. And it was hard to make it, it's quarter mile around the track one time. And then over the next year, you know, the thing about it, like I was never super fast. I was, ne I was never any kind of great athlete. You know, I, my eye-hand coordination left something to be desired. But the thing with endurance is you just have to keep at it, just like when I was younger and I just kept walking. So over that next year, I amazed myself because I took that quarter mile that was diff miles. And I remember thinking, like, I was like, wow, that's a long way. And then over the next, between 16 and 18, I trained to run my, a marathon, to jog a marathon. And I ran, you know, marathoning was becoming a thing that was more popular. And there was a Long Island marathon and I ran the very first one and I finished it. My karate training. Uh, and, and admittedly, fasting was in the background. I'm actually going to give you a chance to talk in about one minute, Bill. <laughs> so thank you for letting me pontificate. One thing that happened with all the stress of my family, my father also, when I was five years old and we first bought that I grew up living on top of. He suffered a major heart attack. And he, he was young, he was uh, 50 years old. And, you know, the treatment for heart disease was very different in those days, you know, almost primitive by today's standards. But I was five years old when he was 50. And between, and then he passed away when I was 13. Eight years, I grew up with the idea of, you know, him saying, you know, I can't exert myself. I have to take it easy. I have to rest. You know, and they were at one point sending me to this school. So everything is overlapping, you know. They were sending me to this school and I had, you know, I had some joy in going to the school, but I had a, simultaneously a good dose of, there was a point where, 
you know, at the school, I was being taught all the, the rules and the dogma and the rituals of observing and participating in, in rituals and holidays and observances. And one day there was a holiday and my father and I were gonna to go to temple. And the temple was about one mile from where we lived. And I was looking forward to sort of showing off to my father, like I can recite these things. I know these things when we get to the service, I wanna show you, I, I, want, I want you to be a good boy. I must've been eight or nine years old and sort of show off to him all that I had been learning. And we're walking and we're about 90% of the way that he had atherosclerosis, which he had great pain in his legs. And I didn't understand that at all. And at one point, he said, he stopped. It was like halting. He just stopped because he was getting great leg pain. And I, I'm walking and I said, you know, the Hebrew word for father is Abba. And I said, Abba, what, what's going on? We, we have to get there. And I, I could still see it. You know, he, and he said, you know, I'm really sorry, but I'm in a lot of pain. We have to go home. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, what do you mean? We're, we're almost there. And I thought like, all you have to do is push yourself a little further. I mean, come on. Like, I've been looking forward to this day. I've been going to this school that I don't even want to go to for you to, you know, because you're making me. Now, now's my, you know, I was, I mean, admittedly, I want to have compassion for that little boy, but I was very selfish. I didn't understand what he was going through. And I felt angry, you know, like, what do you mean? And he said, I just have to go home. And, of, you know, because there was no one to watch me when we got there. And, and we went home and that moment, you know, trying to think of the word I'm having so many different images in my mind it was like you know it was like a you know an animal being branded or or something like that it really seared into my consciousness this drive of I am going to do everything especially later when I got to understand what he was going through you know and he he had, fortunately, he was a smoker because that generation thought it was the cool thing to do. And, you know, but it seared into my consciousness, this awareness and this drive of, I am going to live a healthy life. I am going to train and I am going to have a positive drive to do everything in my power so that I don't have my tracks and say, I can't take another step. 
so in that way, you know, religion starts me on fasting or introduces me, you know, this religious experience kind of like makes me aware that, you know, I want to be humble before my creator, but I want to use of, of this awareness to, to, to make this vehicle of my soul, to make my body mind as strong as I, as I can be permitted to be. So to kind of like quickly bring it up to 2021, you know, I have this awareness of fasting. At some point, somehow, you know, and I think because, I, so I, we live on top of the store. I have really no where there are stores and they close in the evening. You know, my friends are back at the school. So I'm very alone at night. Um, you know, and my parents are busy, you know, and I'm sort of absorbing myself with comic books for hours at a time, escapism. Uh, I'm watching TV a lot and I'm sneaking downstairs and eating candy bars and drinking soda. And I'm getting her going to the doctor one day for a school physical. And I kind of look over his shoulder and he, I see that he writes the word obese. And that word also, you know, <laughs> searing. And it developed now between age 13, when my father died, I'm about 5'3 and 170, overweight, not weight and this awareness that I'm a very heavy kid. Over the next five years, I don't know if it's the exercise or I also grew from 5'3 to 5'11 and my weight stayed about the same or even dropped a little. So I kind of grew out of being overweight. But, you know, to the extent that our body image forms at that age, I've always had this concerning to be overweight combined with this drive to want to be in the best shape combined with developing this love of how great I feel when I'm energized, when my key is flowing, when I'm breathing in, you know, whatever you want to call it, the chi, the prana, the vital force, the essence, I, you know, to feel alive through movement. So at some point, I, I come across a book called The Miracle of Fasting by Paul Bragg. I will leave it to the readers to, to look at that. It's not very scientific at all. But it, 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 Paul Bragg was the guy that inspired Jack LaLanne. Everything has a lineage. You know, only humans create out of what came before. You know, Isaac Newton, 
If I see far ahead, it's because I stand on the shoulder of the giants that came before me. So, you know, there's this lineage, Jack LaLanne, for those of us blessed to know who he is, incredible physical presence. Uh, I urge you, go on YouTube, watch his videos. They're as powerful today as they ever were. Jack LaLanne, as a sickly kid, is inspired by what we're called which were kind of like taking physical culture and making a religious like prayer meeting out of it. But Jack LaLanne's life is turned around by Paul Bragg. Paul Bragg writes The Miracle of Fasting. He talks about the nine doctors of good health, Dr. Sunshine, Dr. Fresh Air, Dr. Exercise. Do I don't remember them all, but one of them is Dr. Fasting. I'm, a, I'm exposed to Fast Five by Dr. Bert Herring. A great book, a great man. Fast forward, I'm exposed to the work of Jen Stevens, who even though I was, had read a lot about fasting at that point. I had read Eat, Stop, Eat by Brad Pillen. I had read Lean Gains. I can't remember the author's name, I'm sorry to say, but a bodybuilder. Uh, day fasting. I had read Up Day, Down Day, The Johnson Method. But Jin, as a lay person with her own very moving, compelling story, introduced me to clean fasting, which, I became enamored of. And then even fasting contemporaries, including yourself, Bill, including Lisa, have continued to inspire me, including, and I'm sorry, because I won't name everyone, but JJ Saunders, a wonderful, beautiful, Graham Curry, amazing to me that I have a friend who lives in Australia. Here I am on Long Island in New York, but through the miracle of modern technology, we are friends. And I am amazed by these people and I am inspired by them and encouraged by them. And now, Bill, 36 minutes into this podcast, I believe, maybe, I'm actually gonna say, Bill, that's enough about me. What do you think about I'm going on and on? <laughs> So, thank Eddie, you. I thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. No, thank you, Eddie. I, I really appreciate you sharing uh, everything that you've shared. Your, you know, your, your history and your background are what make you who you are. And when Lisa and I were talking about, you know, people that we wanted to interview, obviously we're open to interviewing anybody that wants to talk to us. But there were certain names, there were certain people that we were like, no, you know, we we have to talk to these people. Uh, and, and you were you were on both of our lists of people that we really wanted to talk to. Lisa's scheduling and my scheduling just didn't line up the last couple of weeks for us to be able to connect at the same time. So that's the only reason she's not here today with us. Um, but you know, all the when, when I figured out it was going to be just you and I, um, I really wanted to just throw the script out the window, throw the, you know, as like I shot, I shot you a message and said, here's the outline, but I just want to have a conversation with Eddie Freeman because I absolutely love your energy. 
um, your, your passion for life and your passion for living healthy comes through in everything that you say and in every engagement that I see you in. And obviously I, I only know you through Facebook. Uh, we've never met in real life. We've never, you know, pictures and comments are all we have that, that connect us through a couple of various groups. Uh, and they all happen to be fasting related. So, but every interaction I've had with you has been positive. Even, you know, you like to question things and I love that. Um, you like to sometimes push, you know, you, you ask a question and, you know, if, if there's not a, if there's not a good enough answer, you ask the question again. And I, I absolutely love that because I, that's how we get to where we want to be in life is by seeking information and by seeking real connection and real answers to the questions that we, that we need answers to. Um, so yeah, Absolutely love letting you share as much as you want to share and um, truly appreciate your story, especially sharing about your parents' experiences. And, you know, those are not always easy to talk about. So, and we don't always get an opportunity to share how those parts of our life got us to where we are. Um, and so it's super important. Uh, and like you said, you know, being just being connected through these Facebook groups and having these friends all around the world um, and at various stages of life and various um, points of experience is the way I like to look at it. Uh, you know, like, you, you, know you, you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you pointing to me as almost an authority in fasting. And I, I really don't, I don't know if I consider myself an authority. I've, only, I've been fasting for less than a year, um, but I've been active. I'm, I'm physically active. I've been physically active my whole life even when I was obese and I was, you know, listening to you talk and I, I just kept thinking, it's amazing how parallel some of the experiences we had are, even though our lives are so perpendicular. Um, I didn't grow up in a religious uh, background. I think I went to church, you know, maybe once or twice a year, a couple of years out of my life before I was an adult. Uh, so that, that experience, you know, I didn't have that young religious experience. I grew up in a house that uh, had Bibles in every room of the house, but we, we just didn't go to church. We didn't have that, that connection of it. Um, I, I listening to you talk about walking the bus route and trying to see how far you could get before the bus got to you. I had a similar experience, except I was in my early twenties. And the reason I was walking the bus route was because I had made lots of bad decisions that led to me not having a driver's license. Um, so I was walking the bus route to get to work and trying to see how far I could get before the bus picked, would pick me up. Uh, but for the same reason, I just didn't want to stand at the bus stop. Didn't make sense to me to stand still and just not be going anywhere when I could be at least walking towards the next bus stop. Um, so, and martial arts, the, you know, the parallel there, you shared how just being, you know, you, you saw the dojo and you saw something that you wanted to participate in. And even before you had tried it, you, you know, it was, it was part of who you were going to be. 
Um, and I, you know, similar experience for me, not, not exactly the same. I, I got started in martial arts because I was bullied as a kid and my grandparents wanted me to learn how to defend myself against the bullies. Uh, but for my very first lesson, martial arts was a part of me. Uh, from my very first lesson, I knew that at some point I was going to have my own school. Uh, I didn't know it was going to take me 30 years to get to where I am, but that was, you know, that, that's a whole other podcast and story. So, uh, but, but you know, I did martial arts, I've done martial arts my whole life. And so I get that feeling that, that, you know, that drive. And I also completely understand your mom's perspective of why would you want to explore that culture um why you know we you the jewish culture is so rich and so um involved in everything that is just you know community and and relationships and meals and fasting and the holidays and all of it together is what makes it what it is so how why would you even want to explore a completely different culture uh, by participating in martial arts. And you know, so I, I, I get that. And, uh, but once it's part of you, it's part of you. And in the same way, I feel like fasting, once it's part of you, it's part of you. You know, fitness was a big part of my life, even when I was obese. Uh, I, I strongly believe at this point in my life that I was insulin resistant or insulin resistant um, for most of my life and didn't know it because I went on diets. I did, you know, I did crazy crash diets. I, there was a white, there was a period, two week period where I ate nothing but chicken broth um, and gained 15 pounds. Wow. It was, uh, it was extremely frustrating because I was, how, you know, I'm eating less than 2000 calories. I mean, I was drinking a couple cartons of chicken broth basically a day, um, but I was doing it all day long. And now it makes complete sense now that I understand insulin and, you know, we have the science, we have the, you know, the, the information about the clean fast from Jim Stevens and from Dr. Fung. And, uh, you know, we have just so much more knowledge than we had. And I, just, I, I wish somebody would have told me 20 years ago, just stop eating as much. Just, you know, and be, obviously not. And when I say stop eating as much, I don't mean in the calories in calories out sense, stop eating as often. Um, but it was, you know, I, I grew up in the late eighties, early nineties as a kid and a, a teenager. And it, you know, and it was, you know, the, the diet mentality was that was being pushed and still is being pushed is the eat lots of meal, lots of little meals all day long. And so even when I followed that, I would gain weight. Uh, it's just, just a, you know, completely frustrating to be somebody who wants to be physically active and wants to be fit and can't figure out why, you know, why they're obese. So, yeah, it's just, again, thanks for sharing everything that you did, because it's so important to get all of the different perspectives and the things that bring us to where we are. Um, I kind of, I feel like I kind of went off on a sidetrack there, but uh, again, just uh, all, all well, I want to say is, it is, it is, it is. Um, but all, all I really want to say is again, you know, your, your energy and your, your love of life and your passion 
shines through in every interaction, at least the ones I see you. And again, I don't know you, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't see you in things outside of our fasting community very often. Uh, every now and then Facebook throws a, a random, you know, something posted on your other, uh, on your primary page or something like that. Um, and, but it's just your love of life and everything and it shines through and it's so not just I, I, your energy is contagious. Your um, your your passion is Thank contagious, and, and that's no, what we, that's what we hope for. I really appreciate you saying that. Um. So. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. So you know what I mean? I I, I know we're probably going to start to begin to end here. I, I I you have a class coming up, right? Or. I, yeah, I've got I've got a few minutes but, left. But, we're but not this, we're not but, quite at the end yet, but yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look, I know it's a fasting fitness community that hopefully, I mean, if one person gets some value out of our full, and I know there's a lot of specifics that we're not going to have a chance to touch on, like different protocols or. Uh, you know, NSVs, but I'm okay with that, you know, because other people, you'll talk to other people about those things. You know, I do think finding your own individual N equals one study of one approach, you know, there's so many web fitness lifestyle just, you know, go forth and figure out your way because it's going to be the only one that there will ever be. But I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. My love of life shines through. And I just want to actually this thought, and I feel very humble about it, about life, about the gift of life. Um, you know, I'm an attorney. Uh, the work I do is with people who've suffered serious and catastrophic injuries. This week, my firm was retained by the widow of a man in his 30s who tragically was killed in a car accident. Mm. You know, three kids. And look, even going back into the dovetailing, you know, of me looking at cosmic forces. You know, why did I go into that, into that profession? You know, sort of the interplay of how things happen, how we have to be grateful every day. And this is a thought that I use to inspire myself and that I aspire to. You know, most of us at some point have been in, a, in the ocean or in a, a lake or a swimming pool, and we've been underwater. And maybe we held our, our breath for a little longer than was comfortable. Or maybe we made ourselves hold our breath. And then we come back through the surface and we take that breath, you know? And if you look at the word inspiration, all the different meanings of it, that the breath is coming into us, the spirit is coming into us, uh, you know, but think of that breath 
when you come through the water and how much does that breath make? Now, I, I know the concept of diminishing marginal utility that a thirsty person in the desert might give everything they own for the first glass of water, but they might pay nothing for the 10th glass of water. But that first breath, the essence of that is always accessible for us. And we have to look at every, I think, we have to look at every moment of life as a gift on that level, like that breath. So, you know, I stand on giants that came before me. I've been given so many gifts. And if anything I can do, I can pay forward those gifts. I am humbled and grateful, even for you inviting me today to share these thoughts. So I, I really thank you and Lisa and commend you for the work you're doing. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, and I, I love that. I love that analogy of the first breath and the uh, just using the word inspiration, um, you know, and because that's what it is when you breathe in, you, you inspire that and you're, you're taking that in. Um, and that's just so powerful. And so I, I think that's, that's where I'd like to end this on Eddie, if you're okay with that. Um, just, you know, telling people to okay, sensei. <laughs> good, uh, telling people to just, you know, live life to the, the fullest and make every moment that you can you know, and not every, not every moment's positive, not every moment's happy. You know, you, like you said, your, you know, your firm is working, helping a widow uh, of somebody who died tragically and somebody who shouldn't, you know, in the, at least in the, you know, the, the, the human perspective, somebody who should not have died at this point in time, at this point in their life, they have children to take care of, they have a family to provide for. Um, so not every moment can be positive, but we, you know, at some point that widow is, you know, hopefully going to come, come up and take that breath of inspiration and come through the surface of that, that, you know, that suffering of being under that just weight of that experience and that point of her life. So, um, you know, what we can do is we can focus on the positives that we have around us and we can make every moment that we have control of, um, about finding some, finding that breath and finding that positive in it. So I just, I love that. Thank you. Did you? Sorry, I did uh, cut out there for a second. I said, does your dojo bow out by saying us? We do not say us. Um, we we bow. I say Ray, which is just the the term for the for the word bow. Um, and then I I thank my students for allowing me to teach them, and they say you're welcome in Japanese. So I say Domo Arigato, and they say Do Atashimaste Sensei. Uh, and that's just, uh, I, I've actually had students ask me in the past, why, why do I say thank you um, when they're the ones that are taking the class? And it's, 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 my, it's, it's my privilege to share uh, what I've been taught with them. 
And I hope that someday they see it as their privilege to share it with their students. Um, so that's the, you know, that, that's why I, I thank my students and anybody, anybody that I talk to about fasting, you know, I, I always say thank you, because even if I'm helping them, even if I'm offering a bit of knowledge or inspiration that they didn't have before, it's still uh, on, a, on an internal level benefiting me to be able to share that information. Um, so it, it inspires me every time somebody says that they're inspired by me or motivated by me. Well, I am, Bill, and I thank you so much for this opportunity. All right, Eddie. Thanks so much, and I'll let you go. And again, like I said, I got to get ready for a class, but um, hopefully we can do this again sometime and just continue the conversation because I absolutely loved it. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, listeners, thanks again for taking a little bit of time from your day and spending it with us. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and family. Our hope is that through the information we share and inspiration through your success with intermittent fasting, we can draw more people into our community. If you'd like to share your story with us, we'd love to talk to you. So send us an email to fastedfitnesslifestylepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not already in the community, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Fasted Fitness Lifestyle Community, and we would love to see you there. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.